0: The International Science Council works at the global level to catalyze and convene scientific expertise, advice, and influence on issues of major concern to both science and society. In this podcast series dedicated to women in science around the world, we discuss gender equality in science systems, sharing initiatives and experiences in ways that go beyond mere gender awareness, in favor of effective, transformative action. Brought to you by the International Science Council, advancing science for the global public good. In this episode, we speak with Vivian estapia Boma, a senior lecturer at the Kuwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology, Kumazi. She is a fellow of the L'Oreal UNESCO Project for Women in Sub-Saharan Africa. Her areas of research are focused on antimicrobial resistance surveillance and on the transfer of resistant genes from the environment and animals to humans. Vivian speaks about the role of education in encouraging young children to be interested in the sciences, especially in countries where non-traditional roles for women are against cultural norms. Thank you so much for coming down to chat with us today. Could you just give me a brief introduction on yourself and where you're from in your areas of research?
1: My name is Vivian Etiapabwama. I was the Laurel Fellowship for Women in Science Sub-Saharan recipient in the year 2012 from Ghana. I'm with the Faculty of Pharmacy and Pharmaceutical Sciences Microbiology section at the Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology, (KNUST) Kumase in Ghana.
0: Could you tell me a little bit about gender equality in your country, in your home country, and how your work and your career was affected by it? Hmm.
1: That's quite tough, <laughs> you know gender equality is it's a global issue uh, we know worldwide women have a higher percentage in terms of population
0: mm.
1: than like compared to men, but then, in most cases, especially when you are looking at the top category jobs, you find out that they are mostly male dominated. Mm. And I think it's, it's almost everywhere, including Ghana. So in Ghana, when you go to the research institutes, the top, top research, the top, top careers, you'd realize that they are really male dominated and less female dominated. The female are mostly found in the market, selling at home, taking care of their children as compared to the male counterparts. (laughs) <laughs> have
0: you noticed any changes, for example, in the last decade? I may not have
1: lived quite long to really make such a comparison. Mm. But then I think gradually we are getting more female to be interested in science, to be pick pe- to be going to the universities, to be reaching having their PhDs, doing postgraduate courses. So yes, there is a general increase in the trend. But then I think there's still much room for improvement.
0: Yeah. You mentioned mm-hmm. that women in Ghana traditionally play these sort of traditional roles in society, working in the market or home with children. So what inspired you? Did you have a specific moment where you realized you wanted to study science or was there someone that inspired you?
1: I, I think for my case, it was just because my parents took me to school. I was educated right from the beginning. Yeah. And then I go encouraged by my teachers to mm-hmm. go on. So you don't end with your education, just because you've completed high school. yeah. But then you go encouraged to take on. You have to go to the university. You have to do your master's. I had a I had a cousin who told me once, you know, oh, so this friend of mine, she was making so much noise. She said she's done her master's. You to go and do your master's. Thing. So <laughs> I can tell her my cousin has also done her master's. So I yeah. have these enco- people encouraging you and then urging you on. And then I find myself where um, I I think gradually yeah. more and more women notice that it's a global village and you Mm can't just stay at one place. So you you need to add more value to yourself.
0: Yeah. What sort of, on a local level, for example, you know, maybe in a village, what sort of positive reinforcement, how can we actively attract young women to science sort of in these small communities? In small communities,
1: getting more women to be active in science usually depends on the teachers that they have. Mm. If the teachers are encouraging and they let the the younger girls know the opportunities that are available for them, then these girls will take them up. Mm. And then also, so aside the teachers, you you need the parents to be willing to push their female wards forward, put them into schools, put them into education, get them educated, be willing to push them up the educational ladder. But then you need a role model who in most cases are the parents and then the teachers to encourage the girl child to remain focused and then to complete or rise up the educational ladder.
0: Mm. If we look at this question through the lens of big scientific organizations, how do we make that link sort of between organizations like UNESCO, for example, and these small families and local communities? Where does that... Sort of start and how do we start that conversation and drive that conversation in institutions? From
1: the big organizations, so they would have to, it would trigger down to their national reps, the reps in the various countries, which will trigger down to the heads of institutions, the chiefs, the queen mothers Mm -hmm. in small communities, and then to parents. And then they would get the Individuals interested, yeah, and then willing to let their girl child go to school.
0: Can you recall any specific challenges or stories, perhaps, that you faced through your career when you started studying science and to where you are now? One
1: challenge is the fact that some courses are still categorized as male courses, mm-hmm. engineering, the physical sciences. Yeah, if probably the the male terminology or the male ideology had been a little less intense. Probably I would have picked up one of those courses. But then as at the time I was growing up, it was still quite intense. Physics, chemistry, mathematics, engineering were seen as male courses. So a lot of girls wouldn't really go in for them, although they could have excelled in them. And then also, even when you pick the softer sciences the biological sciences, medical sciences, which a lot of women are into. When it comes to progressing, then there's the issue of funding. Mm. There's the issue of funds to support your work, to buy reagents, getting the right equipment to work with. So funding and then stereotyping are two of the major issues that influence science.
0: Is it a question of intimidation and not wanting to go into a class that's full of maybe 45 men who are studying physics? I wouldn't
1: call it intimidation, sort of. It's just probably the sexual harassment, the name-calling and the other yeah. things that they would, just because it's, it's a male-dominated area, yeah. you know, so then they wouldn't go in. And then again, probably because... At the back of their minds, they've been told, this is a male dominated area. or This is a man, a job for, a study, a course for the men. So you shouldn't really go in there. But then the few who will defy all, all odds and then go in there would find out that they excel.
0: What inspired you to take the initiative to work on gender equality at a higher level like this? Did you have a specific experience or was it just years of recognizing this inequality and wanting to promote young women to pursue careers in science? With my
1: with the awards of the Laurel Fellowship that I got, I felt I needed to give back to society. And the best way I can give back to society is to let other younger girls know that science is great, science is cool, mm. and that there are research opportunities for them, there are Funding opportunities for them if they pursue in that area. That's why I like to encourage more girls to take up science. It's just a way of giving back to society.
0: Yeah. So if you could look back at yourself, you know, when you were just starting your degree or just becoming interested in studying science and your research, what advice would you have given to yourself or would you give to other young women who are entering these careers in science?
1: You should focus on your education. Especially when you're in school, and that's the main reason for being there. You're you in school to learn, so you focus on it, make good grades, be interested in, in research. What you can do is to identify an area that you think you're passionate about, and then you work towards it. But you have to focus on your education. Mm-hmm. Other things will come up, but then you don't have to lose your focus.
0: In regard to the L'Oreal Fellowship from UNESCO... How did you get to the point where you received that? What were the steps leading up to receiving this fellowship?
1: Okay, so you, your um, proposal has to be good. You have to get a good proposal. You have to get your recommendations, and from your head of department and from your academic supervisor. And you actually have to fill the form and click on the submit button.
0: What was your proposal?
1: It was on microorganisms from poultry farms and poultry farmers. So my work has been on the relatedness of bacteria species among humans, animals and the environment. It's more for one health, the one health concept. Mm-hmm. But you know, most times you get you get a call, you look at it and you're like, oh I, I think I don't really qualify. I can't really put words together to apply. But then you just give it a try. If it doesn't work, you try again. One thing too that you should, you should keep in mind is to never give up because the rejections will come. But then you have to keep trying.
0: So, What did it feel like for you when you found out that you received the fellowship? What was, ah. the, what was the moment like? I was so excited. <laughs> I
1: thought I thought it was a calm initially. <laughs> <laughs> but I was so excited. I quickly ran to my... Supervisor, and then I was like, so we got the L'Oreal fellowship, and then later I was asking myself, hmm, what if this is a scam? <laughs> so then I started reading on it, and I actually got an um a link. I got the letter and everything, and then
0: it was it was nice. What have you been working on since you've received the fellowship? What sorts of projects are you doing at the moment?
1: It's still the same one health concept. Oh, the same, yeah, mm-hmm. looking at different organisms and their relatedness. Between humans, animals, the environment, the source of contamination, and then antimicrobial resistance mm. yeah, that's what I've been doing.
0: What are some of your big achievements that you've made in this research in this project? Hmm. some interesting findings, for example.
1: Which one will you say and which one will you leave out? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, so we've worked on
1: we've worked on different organisms, we've worked on different samples we've worked we've looked at a lot of genes we've looked at the relatedness of genes between humans and animals and the environment we are still working we i i really hope that um uh, with further work we'd we'll be able to trace resistant organisms to where they're coming from mm. and then i also do some plant work alongside maybe we'll be able to come up with new anti microbial agents that would help solve the antimicrobial resistance challenge yeah
0: that's very interesting thanks very much for coming in vivian it was lovely to speak with you thank you thank you for listening to isc presents women in science for more information on the international science council's initiatives to address gender equality around the world go to our website council.science/podcasts.